I'm Ellis Genge, and you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate podcast. Good luck. Hello, and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game, and all things Bears. Well, today there are only two of us as Tony completes his three week winter hibernation and Miles has a domestic diary clash. So, with somewhat of a heavy heart, Lee and I discuss yesterday's agonising, excruciating, and sadly inevitable defeat at Saracens. They were there for the taking, but somehow we conspired to mess it up at the death. Whilst the last 90 seconds were a horror show, there is an argument to say that it shouldn't even have been an issue if we had taken our chances earlier in the game. With a meaningless Premiership Cup game next Friday to come, the absurdity of being a Bears supporter seems to know no bounds. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Lee in his pod pad for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter and hopefully we'll all feel a little bit better once we've got it off our ch- off our chest. Well, mate, <laughs> thanks for hosting on this Hello. slightly sombre night. We've had a couple of them in the last couple of seasons, haven't we? And we and certainly I, have. I know, and, uh, you know... When we heard that Tony and Miles weren't going to be here, were you tempted to get the uh, get the old Christmas tree out? <laughs> I was tempted to cry into the Christmas tree after yesterday. I mean, it has been a tough one season, hasn't it? And all joking aside, it is difficult to do what we do with... I think the defeats that where you kind of... You know, you've been well beaten are, are tough enough, mm. but the ones where you get pipped at the end are just an absolute killer. And... Um, and that one really was yeah. last second, wasn't it? I mean, I've got to be honest, I've struggled to rouse myself today to do this. It was a bit of a struggle wandering over to your, your pad. And, and then when we found out that we were we were on our own, I thought, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. For the first time, I've got to say, for a long time, I was, uh, I'm struggling. But now I'm here, I actually feel a bit better about it. Yeah, all. and I do think, I mean, I, I'm sure our listeners have the same feeling when they listen to us on a Monday or throughout the week. It is quite cathartic, isn't it? I think we collectively we're all in it together, and we have to kind of you know face up to it and go through it again and watch the game again. And mm. but I do feel like it. These are our weekly. It seems to be our weekly therapy sessions at the moment. You know, with the way things have been well, going. It's, it's in weird, the isn't it? Because when we started this podcast, it wasn't therapy at all, was it? It was like weekly kind of. Um, excitement sessions we yeah. were trying to find new words to explain the excitement of being a fan yeah. and I remember talking to uh, one of the Gloucester lads who they just started up their podcast and they were down in the dumps as a club it was before Skiddington got there yeah. and they were talking about their pod being a therapy session and I think the Harlequins lads started theirs what their one up when Paul Gustav was uh, in charge and they were down in the dumps and they were talking about it and then the, as being a therapy session and then the Leicester guys, when they started their dumps, yeah. they were still down in the dumps and I remember thinking, oh, you know, we've got a different sort of pod, haven't we? And now I feel, I feel I know exactly what it was like. And it is sport, isn't it? I mean, yeah. sport in general is cyclical and, you know, we're just going through one of those spells now where, you know, it does seem quite elongated, yeah. you know, bad spell, but it happens in sport. Yeah, and I think... The trouble is with a re- result like yesterday is that because it was, it's kind of quite extreme, um, you know, there's a lot of emotion straight after the game and uh, you can feel certain things um, and analyse it in a certain way. Um, and then you have a night's sleep and then maybe you read a few things 
you know, on Facebook or you read a few things on a forum and you start seeing other people's viewpoints. And I don't know about you, but I kind of woke up this morning and, and I, I, I wasn't sure what I thought about, about the game because I had my initial thoughts when it finished, which involved quite a few swear words and making sure my kids weren't listening. Um, but then I kind of slept on it and I woke up this morning and I read a few bits and pieces. And then I watched the last, well, I did watch the last 10 minutes again to try and get a handle of what was going on. And I kind of, you know, calmed down a little bit, maybe got a little bit more of a, a balanced view about it. But that's really difficult when it's a, a game like that, because now I'm not 100% sure what I think. So maybe mm-hmm. this will be useful for, for all of us. So, I mean, let's start with, well, let's kind of start differently. We normally start about talking about the team, don't we, and all stuff like that. But I think the reality was we knew in our heart of hearts that we had a really good chance yeah. to beat Saracens um, even before the game started, even though we've never won at the Stone Axe as it is. Yeah. Um, and even though we know that even their sort of second string, as it were, or their, or their, their squad, wider squad, you know, are very well drilled and they've got a wolf pack mentality. The reality is they had a lot of big players missing and we had a lot of big players back. And, and of course, we obviously miss Genge and Sinclair, but we know that... You know, Laheef and Woolmore and, and yeah, Thomas, Thomas have been yeah. deputising pretty well. So I don't know about you. I mean, I, 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 I was actually quite confident that we were going to get a win. Yeah, I mean, taking apart all the all the things you've just mentioned about Sarri's having, a, you know, their A team is is really strong. You know, but I did look at the side we picked, and I thought that is a side. If if we're ever going to win at a Stone X, now's our time. Yeah. Because the the team that we picked on that field was more than strong enough to win the game, in my opinion. And I think we've we've spent quite a lot of time over the last two seasons, rightly so at times, bemoaning the in- injuries and bad luck and not ever being able to get certain combinations of players out at the same time. But I think for the first time for a long time, we had a pretty yeah. good combo. I mean, apart from, say, Charles Piertau... I can't really think that there was anyone else that would have been, and, and obviously the two props, but I can't think of anyone else, particularly in the back line, would have, would have enhanced it. So having Siva, who's now back on, on track, Semi, AJ, Harry, you know, Rich Lane, who we know is a quality player, I, I genuinely thought, you know, this, we can't really now blame whatever happens as a result. If we lose, I sort of thought, we can't really talk about injuries and talk about bad luck. I think we, we'll have to talk about something else. Um, so, yeah, so obviously, having said all that, for, well, pretty much 70 minutes, to be honest, I think it was coming, It was our predictions were coming true. I think we, you know, I don't think anybody, and even Saracens fans, and I, I read on a bit of social media that actually a lot of our away fans said it was a really good day out, apart from the drums, but they mm. met some really nice Saracens fans who were... You know, very welcoming, and I think you know we. You could just tell from the watching it on the, on the telly that or on the the, the app that you know we silenced the crowd for seventy mm. minutes, and you don't do that very often at Saracen. So the reality is, we played, we did play up to our expectations. Absolutely, but, but obviously, you know, didn't get the result, and um, you know, I don't know. I just find it. I don't know how to process that. I, and and what I mean, I'm interested in what you think. You know, what was your feeling immediately? After the game, Lee. Well, I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I saw you looking deeply into my eyes there. <laughs> and after the game, I have to admit, I was I was fuming. It, it was completely born out of frustration again that you know it, the last two years we should have beaten Saris mm-hmm. away, and we've lost both games. And 
So my initial kind of outpouring was just frustration at the the fact that we've managed to lose, you know, another winnable game. And I just, I don't know, it just feels like we're, we're on rinse and repeat again. And you can take some of those defeats a couple of times in a season, but when they come as often as they have done in the last 18 months, you know, all right, you know, possibly not as dramatic as that, but we've had a lot of these kind of, you know, defeats. And I did, I did go on Twitter and I, you know, I, I, know. I yeah, I, think I, I, I did. I quote uh, things like, I'm done with this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, Lee, at least you put the little asterisks in, in the swear words. Because we like it to, not only a family show, but obviously a family yeah, tweeted effort. But I, I sensed your anger. Um, the thing is, Pete, I live, I live, things I love I live my heart on my sleeve you know that anyway and the thing is I hate losing I hate losing to anyone but to lose a game where if you know if we've been tanked you know you get to a point of a game where you think actually you've got to hold your hands up and say we've been beaten by a better team but like I say these games where we were the better team for 70 74 minutes and then to throw it away those are the games that absolutely kill me and um you know, it it was an outpour and a grief last night, and you know, I, I did say a lot of things that you know I'm never going down there again, and <laughs> and silly silly things like, like that. It's like a teenage uh, a teenage girl <laughs> being told off by her parents. <laughs> on it. it was like metaphorically, you went to your bedroom and slammed the door, didn't you? I certainly did, and um, I mean the thing is, like you say, you watch the games back, and and on reflection, you know, I I I won't change the way I am because it's, it's that kind of love for the team that makes you respond that way because otherwise you just you, you just don't care you well, know yeah, I mean that we wouldn't I, I, I don't think I mean that's what makes us and I assume people listening to this 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 episode is that's why we support yeah. a team because we know there's going to be some sort of emotion somewhere because if we didn't feel emotion we wouldn't be doing it yeah and uh, we kind of know the risk we run um that there will be some some bad times, and we will know that we won't be able to control our emotions. But of course, we also know that we, you know, there's all well, there's always another game, so we're always hanging on for the uh, the hope of glory. Yeah, and uh, and of course, we had that a couple of seasons ago, and we're not having it now so much. Um, so yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, what we wouldn't be doing this. So it's kind of it's you know it's understandable, mate. You know, don't worry about it. it no, was, it's... I don't think you were too extreme. I just think you said what you said, and. Uh, um, and, you know, I think this is what we want. This is what people want to see. They want to see a bit of passion. And uh... I think people want, certainly our listeners, I think they want honesty. Yeah. And, and I think there's no way in the world after, you know, getting beaten like that at the end of a game, if we didn't come out and show a bit of honesty, our listeners would see right through us. And, that, and that's not, we've yeah. never, ever been about that. So, you know... As much as like I apologise now for for some of the stuff I put on on Twitter last night, but it's that openness and that honesty mm. that you know we're always gonna gonna have on the pod, and we just you know we have to front up like mm. we've got to come here tonight and talk about it yeah. again, and but we do it, don't we? We do it. Well, let's let's talk about it then. So I mean, my take on it is that we clearly were winning with two minutes to go. We had possession of the ball. The ball decision was made to, to kick the ball deep into their territory. Uh, we, to be honest, we were very unlucky that they got 
possession back from that box kick. Um, the ball was not back. I think it was a good box kick by Andy. Uh, the, you know, it was just outside the 22. We'll come back to that in a sec. Rich Lane, good chase, knocked the ball back, and then it went to Jackson Ray, who was lumbering back from the from the ruck, and obviously not out offside. And then from that moment on, they got possession. Now, you know, there was still plenty. There was still time. There was still a minute and a half. There were still times that we could have got possession back, but yeah. that kind of set the scene. And and unfortunately, then it was a cascade of events. Two penalties, one of which I think was pretty soft. One of which was. I think the offside at the end that gave them the final line out was was a bit naive, um, and then you know the inevitable happened. So you could put it down to that. You could say it was all about the kick, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people. I, I mean, I think it was to say a lot of people. I read a few people were calling out Andy for that kick, and I. You know what? I don't think I don't think that's fair. I think two things. I think is that one. I think he did that because he thought that's what he's that's part of the game plan and, and yeah. he's playing to a plan. I don't think he went maverick on that. Mm. But what I think he did slightly wrong is I think he should have just kicked it a bit deeper. For once, we didn't want a good do- like yeah. a, a competable box kick. What we wanted one to go quite deep yeah. into their twenty two or at least allow them not much space. And of course the other side of that was Rich Lane probably did the best kick chase I've seen all season yeah. and got his hand on the ball and actually thinking you didn't really need to do that. What we need to do is just wait for the bloke to catch it, tackle him, yeah. get him on the floor That's and it. then they're in their 22 and then yeah. that is a lot further for them to try and get their way up the pitch and, and then you soak up time. So in a kind of ironic sort of way, it was a, I don't think, I don't really blame him for it at all. Um because I don't think that was his decision. I think he was thinking that's the right thing to do. Um, and nobody told him not to as well, which is another thing. And I, But the irony is, I think we did too well with it. Um, no, I, I agree. And I, I I think that Andy Uren's got a lot of stick, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, on social media. And you've got to ask yourself, in fact, exactly what you've just said then is, he's following a game plan. I don't think for a second... Like you say, he hasn't gone maverick on that at all. I don't think that he's just decided to kick that ball up in the air. I think that he is, has been told to do that. Yeah. And even though he's been kind of left out to dry, I do feel that there's a, you know, like you said, it was still a lot, it was a bit harsh. There was still a lot of play to, to carry on after that moment. And to, for it to be, you know, all blamed on one guy. Is is pretty harsh. I think actually, I don't know, we'll probably talk about this, but the the offside that you remember when he was offside a bit later on, that you could say was was worse, wasn't was it? Well, than that, the kick <coughs> that was worse. But then we were under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and those sort of things happen. And I'm sure he knows that. <coughs> Excuse me. He'll he'll you know he was he was rugby is a game that is played on the margins. And it's played on the boundaries, and it's very hard to get that right sometimes. Yeah, I, I think the other thing I'd say is, is, is so we've discussed the fact that there was a few issues there, and it obviously led to them scoring a try. They won, but there is another argument to say that they should never really have been in a position to get anywhere close to winning that Absolutely. game at that time. And I think that goes down to stuff that happened else other times. Yeah, and and actually going in at eight nil, yeah, well done, and I'm glad we got the try at the end. But there was. You know, we should really. They, everyone knows their heart. Should have gone in 
I would say at least 15 yeah. nil up. Yeah. We had one disallowed try, brilliant try from Semi, that was probably just about a knock-on. I yeah. mean, it was just a knock-on. Um, and then we had the two situations where we made brilliant breaks, really like free-flowing rugby, strike runners hitting gaps everywhere, and we got done for two rolling penalties. Now, I've seen some stuff saying, oh, you know, one was momentum. I don't know. The reality was... I think they pushed it again. It's this whole thing about desperation to yeah. get something yeah. rather than just playing the game like they know how to. So the reality is, I think that Saracens couldn't believe they were even in a position to even have a chance of winning the game because yeah. they didn't win that game. We lost that game. Absolutely. And, we uh, did. So I don't know. I mean, it's really, this is why it makes it so hard to process because we basically played really well. Um, you know, there was stuff where the discipline was better. The set piece was, um, was, it was. was yeah. the best we've ever seen it. Yeah. Their set piece was horrendous. Yeah. Our mall defence was superb. It's the best I've I've seen us yeah. play for, for a while. Yeah, and I, I mean, this is the problem, though, because when you lose like that, you kind of forget about all the good things. But, of course, the reality is that because we've been losing, performances aren't enough for us now, are they? We need some premiership points yeah, to make us feel like it's and, worth it. And we, we have to keep coming back to, to thinking, well, this was Sarri's A team, in effect. Yeah. So, you know, really, the, the, like you say, if we're 15 nil up at half-time, we put some more points on the board, then what happens at the end of the game is completely insignificant because we've got a winning margin that we won't lose. And like I say, you can't just blame one player. You know, it's... As much as there was a lot of anger when Uren kicked it last night, but you can't just blame one one player for a, for a defeat like that. So we got to blame something though, yeah, haven't <laughs> we? Because this is a therapy we, session. Of course, or we've got to identify something. Yes. So clearly, what the thing we can identify is our old friend game management. Yes. So you know, clearly there has been a game management issue, not just specifically that last five minutes or the last ten minutes. Well, in fact, the last five minutes really, but also the game management in the first half of not being clinical enough and you know that is also something that has been an issue since you know let's I hate saying it but I'm going to say it since our defeat against Harlequins in the game. semi-final yeah. we have not put away sides when we should have done Yeah. so my question to you Lee is putting aside the really positive things and I you know that we enjoyed watching yesterday up to the last minute what is this all about why can't we why do we seem to be struggling with managing situations or that, you know, getting, doing the right thing at the right time? Or are we being just overly critical? No, I, I, I feel like, because we can't keep coming back to this, uh, you know, the L word again. No. Um, because it's just happened so often. So there's got to be something wrong with the system or how the system is being applied, hasn't it? Yeah. It's got to be. And and I do feel, I, I genuinely feel that there's like a fear factor. When the players are on the pitch, there's a fear factor to, to they, they don't seem to express themselves and they just seem to be, like the focus is so much on the system that they don't play it they don't play what's in front of them at the time on the pitch. And I think that it's, it's kind of seeped into the woodwork now. Yeah. It, 
you know, at the training ground. And it just seems to be like, it's the only way I can explain how can, we've got two decent fly halves, haven't we? Um, and when we signed AJ McGinty, we thought, great, this is, this is a class player, world-class player. Sheedy was playing for, you know, was in the Wells side. And you're thinking, we've got two decent tens now. Admittedly, they both play different ways. But they played, you know, both of them are decent number tens. We haven't seen that all season from either of them. And that, to me, McGinty was a player that always, when he came down in a cell shirt to Bristol, he always did something in a game that made you think, blimey, we're on the back foot here. And it was those little tweaks that he did on the pitch, we've not seen him really do that in a Bristol Yeah, show. I mean, I think some some people I can imagine are listening to this and saying, well, hang on a minute, yesterday he actually played quite well. And yeah. I think he's played either two European games and, and he's shown us what he's got. He he was good in the... I mean, he was... He looks for breaks, he looks for little holes, he creates space. And actually, I think from a point of view of ball in hand, maybe game management, you know, in terms of game management from a 10... I think he looked pretty good yesterday, yeah. but his kicking was terrible. Yeah. Or it, I mean, I, either his kicking was wasn't good, or it was inappropriate because there was quite a strong wind, and you know it just shows how important in a game like that. And I mean, I know Andy Good missed some, uh, Alex Good missed some as well, but mm. he he looked quite. I don't know. His kicking it makes me wonder that his kicking confidence has gone since that that kick he missed against Leicester yeah. to win the game. And, I, and of course, that was something I don't think we even considered was going to be a problem when he came. I no. thought, you know, off the tee, he was a very consistent. And of course, the irony is, it looks like now we've got two fly halves that do good things, but not like, but they not can't, we yeah, need they, both of them on at the same time. Yeah. So we need an American football style thing <laughs> that when there's a conversion, yeah. we bring Callum on. Yeah. To like, so, so AJ gets the kind of, you know, gets the... With a bit of play, gets the tries, gets the penalties, gets the pressure, and then as soon as there's a kick conversion, I mean, I mean to be honest, it was telling that James Williams took over the kicking. Yeah, it was, and and he looked a lot good, better. Yeah. yeah, apart from the one he missed, which is really annoying. The but. other ironic thing for me is yeah. that we've got one of the best kicking coaches in Dave Allred yeah. that you could have in in Britain. Wow, and and I just feel like they've kind of they, like you say they just can't seem to match. Well, one the, of the, the play and the kicking yeah. in the same game. It's interesting because one of his kicks came short, came up short, and I and you know a bit like that Leicester one. And that's actually an interesting thing about kicking because I'm I'm sure his technique is brilliant, but actually it's knowing whether you're right is the right yeah you know your limit your, your limit yeah. And obviously in that first half he didn't quite get that, and maybe that's why he did pass the baton over to to James Williams. But you look at it and think James Williams with his power would have probably perhaps. Yeah. Should have slotted this first, but it's it's a real difficult. So it's actually not just about technical stuff kicking, isn't it? It's about knowing whether you're it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Because when you because essentially, when you choose to take the points or choose the kick, you, the assumption is that that's three points in the bag. It shouldn't mm. be a kind of. Whereas when you go for a line out, there's always a bit of you know. Well, yeah. we might lose it. They might. We might. You know, they might defend them all. We may get held There's up. There's a lot more variable. But when you make that decision, it? and on that note, actually, it was very odd that we, ironically, right at the end of the first half, we got another penalty and we chose to kick and, we, and AJ missed it, whereas we just scored 
Um, we'd scored a rolling mall, mm. like a driving mall off a line-out. I'm surprised we didn't go to the corner at the end of that. I'm really surprised we didn't go to the corner at the end of the first half because their, their pack was creaking. Yeah, yeah, and, and we got our tails up at that point. And, and it, I, you know, ironically, contradicting everything I've just said, that was the moment when AJ should have said, you know what, I don't really fancy this kick. I don't think it's quite right. Mm. I actually think we got more chance of securing points by going to the corner and having a line-out the way we're playing than me kicking into the wind. But again, it's decision-making. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that we've got wrong but so often. Some, he's an experienced enough player. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm sure he's listen, if he ever listened to this, he'd probably say, what the hell do you know? You weren't there. And I'm like, absolutely. But what I did see was that you missed a kick. So yeah. it and wasn't we can the right only, decision. Yeah. We can only comment on, yeah. on what we see on the field, yeah. can't we? But it did seem an odd decision, that, not to go... You know, we always say take the points sometimes, but we should have gone to the corner. Yeah. Then we could have had our 15-0 lead... And, it, and, and those kind of rolling penalties that we had and that the unlucky knock-on maybe wouldn't have been significant. But the fact is we've got Williams in the team who was the top championship point scorer last yeah. season. And, and so he's more than capable. The kicks we've seen him take, he's, he's been more than reliable. Gives you that extra bit of length on the, on the field as well so you can take you know from further back. And if you've got someone like that in your team... Surely you use them, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it raises the question. I think we raised this last week, didn't we? That you know, it's taken a while for him to get in the in the team, and now I, I don't think I'd I'd drop him at the moment. He he looks like a you know decent player. So anyway, I mean, well, let, <laughs> one thing I did want yeah, to ask you, go though, for it, because this keeps coming up quite often um, on social media. Where do you stand on lack of leadership on the field? It's a very difficult one because. Steve Luatour is clearly uh, a, a, a good leader. I yeah. think he talks to the ref well. I think when he's on the pitch, he exudes kind of quiet authority. Um, and, you know, he wasn't on the pitch at the end mm. uh, and when, when we, you know, when things went a bit south. Um, but I think, you know, I think if you're a, prof if you're a proper professional rugby player and you know, you, you know, you, you should be a leader anyway. I think, I think you should, there should be, Something you know clearly, and maybe goes back actually to the last penalty, where the offside. And I don't, you know, it was Andy, but it could have been anyone. To me, that's a situation where somebody says, "Hang back, just hang back." Yeah. Okay, we'll defend, but we don't need to push the boundary. I know, like halfway through the, the second half, you can push the boundaries on the offside, try and get an advantage. But we, the one thing we didn't want to do then was give away a penalty. So somebody somewhere needs to be aware of that, maybe saying to Andy, look, mm. back a bit, son, back a bit, yeah. or take half a yard. Don't need to be right on the edge. We've but talked then, about this before, and I, I don't really know. But then, you know, maybe someone say, look, to be honest, up to 76 minutes, we've played the perfect game, and, and, and the, you know, we've been leader, leaders all over the place. And, and also, you've got to say this, Andy Hurin was a guy playing his 150th yeah, yeah. game. Well, the, so the, the experience was, is there. It's not a young lad. I mean, I don't know how many people were listening to the, the, the PRTV yesterday, but there was the irony of ironies. When he went to kick the ball, they were saying Callum Sheedy and Andy Wren are on the pitch. Both of them have got the experience to see this game out, which I thought was just un unlucky for them. And it wasn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But it is, you know, that was the perception. Yeah. that we, we had enough on that pitch yeah. to, to do it. And it didn't happen, and it, I don't know. It feels to me that if we haven't got Genge or Joycey, 
uh, Luatu is a, is a different type of yeah. leader, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he's, he's not as vocal. He, he, he doesn't... I mean, Batley, again, we've seen him, you know, that South mm. Africa game. You know, he's, he's a leader of men. Mm. But it just feels if we don't have those players doing it or if they're not on the pitch, we just seem to, like, almost... Mm. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what, but we just seem to slip inside our yeah. own... I mean, if I would say, if in isolation, on Saturday, yesterday, it was just one of those things. It was an unlucky. We, we, we were in a position, we, they should never have been in that position um, to, to have a chance to win, but they were, and a couple of little things went against us, that, and it was bad luck. And in isolation, I think it is bad luck. Yeah. And I don't think there's any, I don't think there's too much pain, but it's just the fact that this has happened a lot. And that's where you start to question, is there a kind of, as you said, is there some sort of rot somewhere absorbed into the system that actually when the chips are down, the players don't 100% at the moment really believe that they're going to get out of it or they're going to win it? I'd, I'd ask the question, are the players actually enjoying it? Because no one enjoys, a professional sportsman, above all else, hates losing. Yeah. But I just wonder if they're actually... They are so full of fear, and they're not actually enjoying being on the pitch. And I don't know. I'm just putting that out no, there. It's just a you it's know. A good, I think Bradbury was fronted up afterwards, and and he was very articulate. And he said, "No, we're just, I'm just gutted. I, yeah. I I know we can all have done better. I look at what I did in that last five minutes. I can do better. We all know. We all understand. We should look at what we did and say to ourselves, what what should we have done better there? And that's honesty, and I like that. Um, and I think you know when I look back at it, I thought he actually didn't do anything wrong. You know, he, yeah. he was a bit unlucky, but and he's been a great signing. And he for is, us. and I think you know he showed. And I mean, to be fair to Pat as well, I mean it was difficult when he, you know, what can he say? He, you know, he he could argue he put a team out there that had done everything right <laughs> up to that point, yeah. and he he can't control what happens in that last five minutes. He's not on the pitch. He can't shout from the side loud enough to tell him what to do. And, so yeah, but as I said, in isolation you can you can probably suck it up, but you know it's just happened. And of course, the trouble is the worst time for that that has ever happened is that semi final, and we've still got that as our reference point. Yeah. And every time we don't see something through or we muck it up, we always go back to that, and that has created a kind of benchmark of misery. And of course, we probably means we over elaborate. The well, times like this when it happens, we we can all agree that that Quinn's game, that semi final was grand zero for us because we we haven't as a team, we we haven't got, we haven't come back from that, you know. In my opinion, we just whatever has happened on that day, we haven't picked ourselves up and, and moved on from that point, and and that's why we've had eighteen months or whatever it is now of constantly going back over these same issues. And I mean, it just becomes a point of like, I mean, this is this is helping me today. And this does feel like therapy, just talking it through. But you know, how often are we going to have to talk it through? I, I'm hoping at I think some it might point be a, again. Though I'm pretty sure at some point. We, yeah, I mean, we're in transition. We yeah. all know that it's going to be a big kind of six months now, isn't it? Where mm. there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be yeah. a lot of players, good players, are leaving the club. You know, we haven't signed really anyone yet so we we know we're not going to yeah. be top of the table and also for... in the big picture of things there's no relegation this season 
you know, if there was relegation, we've said this before, might there have been a slightly different way of doing things when, the, you know, if we were in this position with relegation, would things have been a bit different? But the worrying thing is, we don't want to, next season, it's got to get right. We cannot be bottom. We cannot be in any sort of contention for relegation. It just goes against all the principles of everything. It's, you know, with the stadium, the, the the expectations, the numbers of fans, it just cannot be allowed to happen. But this is the crazy thing, isn't it? Lamb signing that huge contract, you know, we should be talking about aiming for the top. Mm. We shouldn't be thinking about... Yeah. We, the, the relegation word shouldn't even be mentioned, yeah. in my opinion. And, yeah. and that's not any disrespect to any of the other teams in that league. But you can tell mm. me that we haven't got a squad of players that shouldn't at least be in the top six. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think, and I think we proved that yesterday. Yeah. We proved that we were on our, you know, in terms of quality, we are as good a side as anyone in certain situations. Anyway, you know what? I think we need to po focus on a little bit of positives. Yes. This therapy is getting it off your chest, but you also need to balance things out. So I think we should talk about some good performances. Yeah. Just yeah, mention yeah, sure. a couple of mentions, but let's start with Harry Thacker. Oh, what a, what a player. What a talisman, again. Well, I mean, Thacker, for the last few weeks, I mean, it, since he's come back from injury, he's been absolutely I mean, it was an argument to say he only played 40 minutes, but he yeah. could be man of the match just for the... Well, he was, wasn't he? He was know, my yeah. man of the match. Yeah, but he, he was, was my I man mean, of the match. I mean, that was a... It was a shame he went... I mean, it was a shame. Brian Byrne did all right when he came on, but it was a... You know, there's another little variable. Thacker, yeah. the way he was playing, it might have been... Um, so yeah, I mean, but we, you know, there were times we've wondered whether he would ever be as good as he was because of injuries. But he's come back strong. Um, and he's a player we all love, and, and he's just a, he's just a, it just looks good on the pitch, doesn't he? It's just these little bandy legs and his long hair. And there was one bit where his scrum cap got ripped off, and he's <laughs> like this one. This is a little mini Viking, and uh, you just like players, like a bit of character, love it. Yeah, absolutely. Love and, it. and the thing is. I just hope that those rumours about him going to Falcons yeah. aren't true because, I mean, Facker is definitely a player that we're going to need, you know, going yeah. forward. And then other things, I mean, first half again, I think, I thought Semi, when we scored the try, he yeah. showed what we, we paid for there. He, he makes that half a little bit of yard with his power that created the space to pop to Ibitoye. I thought Semi was unstoppable. Mm. With the ball in his hand, yeah. I thought he was unstoppable. Yeah. You could, though, point to four missed tackles. Yeah. Which, you it's, know, blotted his copy But I just slightly. also think, yeah, maybe, you know, sometimes psychologically or subconsciously we, we, we kind of assume he's, a, he's more than he is. He's just a player on the pitch. You know, he needs to be part of the system and we can't always expect him to, you know, to... to, to to, to be the hero, um, and I do apologise because we're talking positives. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, so we are. So yeah, I'm and staying then, away from the I negatives. Mean, Williams, uh, Williams. I mean, what a, what a story! You know, we we spotted this guy early on. We thought he looks good in his yeah. and I, and I'm really pleased. I think it's a good story, good news story that yeah, he missed the conversion for Ibatoy's try. That was a shame, but he he looks the part. Um, and I, I, he looks like the sort of well, we haven't used this phrase for a while, have we? We like the cut of his jib. We do. We uh, yeah. and and I suppose so. A fair play to him. He's he's, he's you know come from Hartbury College, um, where there's more horses than people, and uh, he looks like a proper thoroughbred. He does. And seventeen uh, seventeen tackles as well. Yeah. No, you know, like he, he put in a shift both yeah. you know attacking and defence. Yeah. So uh, so fair play to him. And then up top. I mean, we've said Thax. We've, we've. I think Max Laheef looked like a bit yes. of a lion. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, but he's not a chihuahua. He was definitely a Doberman. To 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 coin a, a Miles phrase, the Heath was solid, yeah. wasn't he? And Jan Thomas as and well. And Jan Thomas when he came on and went off, and um, yeah, and, and obviously Batley. I mean, Chris Vui looked, you know, silky smooth. Did some great stuff as well, and, and Bradbury. Bradbury. You know, it, it, it was great. I mean, I think that's the positives we've got to take is that. You know, we're not getting... We got mullered at Irish. That was a dreadful, yeah. get, dreadful game. And nobody came out of that game with any credit. A lot of people came out of this game with credit. So we know that we will perform again. We will perform again. Yeah. But, you know, we'll have to hopefully... Well, at this rate, we need it to be in the Challenge Cup round of 16, then the quarterfinal, then the semi, then the final, because that's about the only thing we've got to salvage, really, this season. But it... Happen. But we would settle yeah. for winning the Challenge Cup this season, wouldn't we? We would now, yeah. Some, some silverware. Yeah. And like you say, there's no relegation, so we don't, you know, that, yeah. the, the league really is, <clears throat> you know, even though we're going to be competitive in it, it's, it's gone for, for any kind of yeah. achievement um, basis. But, you know, I did think Bradbury was really impressive mm. at the breakdown. Mm. I mean, you know, immense strength and... Yeah. He, he just, you know, I just love Bradbury at eight. I just thought, you know, he's a proper player. He's one of those he? players you think, I'm glad he's not playing for another team. Yeah. So. And, and like you said, when he came out at the end of the game, he spoke yeah. really well. And you could tell he, going forward, he's going to be one of those players yeah. who's, you know, he's going to be part of the, yeah. the um, what's it, Pat calls the, the kind of te- teaching group. The f- yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, I think. Yeah, well, not foundational fairs, they're the ones that came, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Someone else will know what you mean. I'm yeah, sure yeah. Stay. Well, look, let's move on a little bit. I mean, we haven't really, we're not really going to preview Friday. It's a bit of a nonsensical, you know, thing. It was rearranged, this Prem Cup fixture, because of the Worcester, Worcester and Wasps situation. It was then put as an extra game on the season card, but we can't go through, and Sale have already gone through. So I imagine it will be one for the the kind of the scouts, the yeah. ones that want to see some of our uh, our younger players. And uh, yeah, and there, and I've, we talked about this before. It'd probably be a no stress game. It would be quite nice to go down. But I, I sadly, I can't go because my missus is going with them skiing for yeah. the weekend. So I've got to look after the kids, and and I doubt. And I think I don't think Miles can't go because he's going on the same trip. I'm sadly, if that's a sample, I think that there may not be a big crowd there down at Ashton Gate no, on Friday. But I mean, it was good of the we'll club to, to include it yeah. as you know as part of the season. To, I mean, I, think, I do think we didn't really have a lot of no, lot of choice. No. But on that note, we should actually mention the Claremont game. We should, which full credit to the club because mm. I think is it fifty percent discount yeah, season card fifty percent. Yeah, I mean, I know Nick Howell said. You know, these should be given to free. We'll pack the gate. You know, there should be uh, free tickets for season card orders. I don't think we were ever going to get no. that. But it's a, a, a lovely idea, a lovely thought. But 50% is is pretty damn good value for mm. a side like Claremont coming to yeah. BS free. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, the only slight ca- caveat is that I think Chiefs gave their um, round of 16 game. Yeah to the season ticket holders but you know they, they make their own decisions maybe they, they don't need to, they, they feel they've got a little bit more wriggle room on that so yeah do, I think they do charge more for think, their season cards as well and on top of we're talking discounts we should also mention or yes. shop have uh, just tweeted out something there's 20% discount until tomorrow yeah. I believe end of play tomorrow so um, yeah, you know I haven't actually I don't have time to go and look I mean I do 
I've got a little bit of trepidation of pressing the link to the online shop to see what exactly is available <laughs> for 20%. But, you know, I mean, I, I could do with a Christmas jumper for next year and maybe a, an advent calendar. It's worth getting that a bit early. Well, I've, I've still got a voucher, which is right in front of me here, yeah. which my daughters we'll gave for me for, uh, for Christmas. So, uh, yeah, I might pop online tomorrow morning have and a just have a little look. Yeah, and uh, there was one other thing we wanted to mention, because we're, we're trying to look at positives, is the announcement that uh, there's going to be a little junior award. Yes. Um, yeah. Coming, uh, coming away. The uh, the succession planning. Yeah. Bristol Congratulations Bears, to no Abby and Dave. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. I mean, what you know, Dave. Obviously, all of us. The reason we know each other, isn't it? Because we met. Because we've all got daughters the same age. You know, we've been all through it, Dave. We've we know what it's like. With kids, if you need any advice, we're at the end of the phone. It's not a problem at all. We're normally yeah. at the end of all our tether. All I'll say is, mate, it is a long slog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but anyway, I'm sure. I know. Congratulations, and uh, I mean, it's, uh, I, it's. I mean, I suppose you're a betting man, aren't you, Lee? I it certainly might be am. worth getting a bit of money on what you know, representing England, whatever gender comes out, whatever sex, a girl or a boy. You know, yeah. there's some. I'd say get some. But there's some, some good genes in there, isn't there? That, that it might be a future rugby international. Yeah. Worth getting on. Yeah. And, oh, uh, do you know what? Funny enough, years ago, just I'm diversing slightly by uh, saying that I actually met an Everton fan on holiday years and years ago. And I, I just happened to ask this guy, who's you know, an older boy, and he said, we've got this young lad coming through the, the youth system. He said, put some money on him playing for England. Yeah. Guess who it was? Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Wayne well, Rooney. If you're on stories like that, because we haven't got a pot noodle or a dry robe story, so let's finish <laughs> with autographs. I, uh, 1985, my mum was a PE teacher. She used to organise a trip to Wimbledon for her students. And when I was a little, 1985, I was about, what was I, I was about 4, 13. I got on the trip, went on the trip with her, went to the practice ground, 1985, young little ginger lad. No. Big lad, warming up. And uh, I'm a German there. Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking, young lad, he looks about, he doesn't look much older than me. Little bloke comes up to me and says, yeah, that guy there, you should get his autograph because he'll be Wimbledon champion one of these days. Wow. Got his autograph, Wimbledon champion, that. Have you still got it? No, lost it. Oh, I know. Pete. Well, I tell you what, if I had found it, I could probably sell it back to Boris, couldn't I? Because he knew. Yeah, so similar there. So anyone's got any other autograph stories, uh yeah, let us know. But yeah. in fact Wayne Rooney's interesting because I think that was when he kept broke this broke onto the scene with Everton, he's nineteen and he scored Arsenal, an amazing goal against Arsenal and it was like outside the box. Mm. Curler, fast curler. Over David Seaman's head. And I'd just been playing, I'd just arrived in Bristol, it was about year 2000 I reckon it was, I'd, just, I'd arrived in Bristol, I was playing for Corinthian Sports um, football team, I'd just played at Eastfield Park, we were going to the Greyhound pub in uh, Fish Ponds, it was where we used to drink, I know it well. and I remember listening to hearing it on the radio saying, you know, because it was, it was those days, it was final score, and it, I was driving up, I had final score on Five Live, and they're like, it's a scenes at Goodison Park. Rooney and all this stuff. So I thought, who the hell's this lad? And there you go. So I, that was a bit of a, a benchmark for my my life in Bristol. That is. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Are you not going to finish with your, your Diego Bailey story? Then? Oh yeah. Well, the other thing is, I was in as I was telling you before. Well done for remembering. I um, work in Westbury on Trim, and often go down the Westbury on Trim Tesco Express uh, to get 
um, a bit of food after school, mainly for the children. And I mean, I, I kind of rack up seeing Bristol Bears players in there because I saw Semi and Fred Davis in there a few weeks ago. They obviously, Fred Davis obviously lodges with Semi and they were in there buying some food. And then I went down on Tuesday and Diego Bailey was in there. And he had a big, um, you know, one of those moon boot things on yeah. for his ankle. Yeah. And I gave him a little smile of kind of sympathy. And he, he, I felt as though I got a response. So you know what? I thought, I don't like normally to talk. I don't feel like I should hassle them. Did you, you didn't I say, I did say, do you know who I am? Beyond the game. Yeah, I said, do you know who I am? No, I didn't say that. I said to him, I said, I saw you get that injury. And he's like, oh yeah. And I said, I really felt for you because it was it was really cold. You, you'd been waiting to get the ball all night. We were in the dolmen and you were in front of us and you never got it. And then you got that kick in the 22 and we were all shouting, take the mark, take the mark. And you decided to run it. You went into a rut, got marmalised. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, you should take the mark. He goes, well, you know, I would have had to have just kind of run and kicked it anyway. And then and then I said, anyway, what happened afterwards was, no offence, was quite amusing because you're, the medic who took you off left his bag on the pitch. And of course, when you were hobbling off, Everyone in the dolmen and the edge of the south stand were all shouting, the bag, the bag. And Diego said, he goes, yeah, I was hobbling off. I could hear the whole crowd cheering. <laughs> and he goes, I was wondering why I felt a bit bad. You know, like everyone was cheering and like happy that I'd just been going off injured. <laughs> and I said, no, no, it wasn't you, mate. It was, the, it was the, the bag situation. And then I said, the other medic came on. And then there was a break in play near us at the dolmen. And you know, line out. She and then it, you know, the ref said, right, water's off. We were all shouting, the bag, get the bag, the bag. And she, you know, eventually went down there, and we were all like cheering. It was like a woo. And then uh, she picked the bag up. We all cheered, and then she went about one meter and put it down in the dead ball area to let the other guy come and get it because it wasn't her bag. You know Shops what this? Worth. You know what this means, though. <laughs> yeah. As much as I love that story, it does mean that Mr. Bailey doesn't obviously listen to the pod because uh, if he no. did. He would have known. No, he would have known. Last he week. would have known that. And also, I should say, we don't often have much inside intel. But I did ask him how bad his ankle was, and he, he said it was it wasn't that good, and it's probably season ender. So he, we probably won't see him. And he was a bit gutted. And I said, yeah. I, I feel for you because you you'd kind of broken in this season. Yeah. And I said the only thing you got going for you really is you're a young'un. I said, and you got your comeback strong, mate. And he was like, thanks for that. And uh, you know, when then we then we left. So. Yeah, so so if anyone wants to see any Bristol Bears players, about five thirty, <laughs> Westbury on Trim Tesco Express. It's uh, it's the place they all go. <laughs> anyway, look, mate, I feel like we we started sombre. We tried our best to to process a difficult thing. We've had a few positives at the end. Well, we're on our own. I feel like I've run out of things to say. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add. I just feel. I just hope that it's been quite therapeutic yeah. to to the listeners when they they get this tomorrow morning. And um, and ultimately, what we do is we go again, don't we? And yeah. you know, we, we're getting quite battle hardened now, yeah. and so yeah. you know, onwards and upwards. Yeah. So as Tony would get annoyed because I forgot to say you're listening to Bears Beyond the Eight, but again, as I pointed out, you, you know that because you're, you're listening. Already doing the thing it. I should remind <laughs> everyone is if you do want to get in touch or if you want to reply to any of Lee's tweets, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you can find us on. Uh, Twitter at Bears Beyond Gate on Facebook, Bears Beyond Gate, and you can email Tony because he's the one who picks up the emails at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. So, two weeks to break until we have Falcons. Hopefully, we'll have a good performance Friday night at the gate. And know. hopefully, we'll have four figures and, in the pod. And four figures. We haven't had four of us for a while, have we? And I mean, to be honest, tongues might start wagging. 
So we really need to get our squad back together, don't we? So anyway, hope everyone's all right. Got over the weekend. Stay safe and up the bears.